15. And Sir Lancelot were soon healed of their wounds, and not long after came the Lady of the Lake to the court, and told all thereby her enchantments how Sir Pinel, and not the Queen, was guilty of Sir Patrice's death, whereat the Queen was held excused of all men, and Sir Pinel fled the country, so Sir Patrice was buried in the church of Winchester, and it was written on his tomb that Sir Pinel slew him with a poisoned apple, in error for Sir Gawain, then, through Sir Lancelot's favor, the queen was reconciled to Sir Mater, and all was forgiven. Now fifteen days before the feast of the Assumption of Our Lady, the king proclaimed a tourney to be held that feast day at Camelot, whereat himself and the king of Scotland would joust with all who should come against them. So thither went the king of North Wales, and king Anguish of Ireland, and Sir Galahot the noble prince, and many other nobles of diverse countries, and king Arthur made ready to go, and would have had the queen go with him but she said that she was sick. Sir Lancelot, also, made excuses, saying he was not yet whole of his wounds, at that the king was passing heavy and grieved, and so departed alone towards Camelot, and by the way he lodged in a town called Astolet, and lay that night in the castle. As soon as he had gone, Sir Lancelot said to the queen, This night I will rest, and tomorrow betimes will I take my way to Camelot, for at these jests I will be against the king and his fellowship. Ye may do as ye list, said Queen Guinevere, but by my counsel ye will not be against the king, for in his company are many hardy knights, as ye well know. Madam, said Sir Lancelot, I pray ye be not displeased with me, for I will take the adventure that God may send me. And on the morrow he went to the church and heard mass, and took his leave of the queen, and so departed. Then he rode long till he came to a stolet and there lodged at the castle of an old baron called Sir Bernard of Astolet, which was near the castle where King Arthur lodged, and as Sir Lancelot entered the king espied him, and knew him, then said he to the knights, I have just seen a knight who will fight full well at the joust toward which we go, who is it? asked they, as yet ye shall not know, he answered smiling, when Sir Lancelot was in his chamber and arming, the old baron came to him saluting him, though as yet he knew not who he was. Now Sir Bernard had a daughter passing beautiful, called the fair maid of Astolet, and when she saw Sir Lancelot she loved him from that instant with her whole heart, and could not stay from gazing on him. On the morrow, Sir Lancelot asked the old baron to lend him a strange shield, for, said he, I would be unknown. Sir, said his host, ye shall have your desire, for here is the shield of my eldest son, Sir Tory who was hurt the day he was made knight, so that he cannot ride, and his shield, therefore, is not known, and, if it please you, my youngest son, Sir Levain, shall ride with you to the justs, for he is of his age full strong and mighty, and I deem ye be a noble knight, wherefore I pray ye tell me your name, as to that, said Sir Lancelot, ye must hold me excused at this time, but if I speed well at the justs, I will come again and tell you, but in any wise let me have your son, Sir Levain, with me, and lend me his brother's shield. Then, ere they departed, came Elaine, the baron's daughter, and said to Sir Lancelot, I pray thee, gentle knight, to wear my token at tomorrow's tourney, if I should grant you that, fair damsel, said he, ye might say that I did more for you than ever I have done for lady or damsel. Then he bethought him that if he granted her a request he would be the more disguised for never before had he worn any lady's token. So anon he said, Fair damsel, 
I will wear thy token on my helmet if thou wilt show it me. Thereat was she passing glad, and brought him a scarlet sleeve broidered with pearls, which Sir Lancelot took, and put upon his helm. Then he prayed her to keep his shield for him until he came again, and taking Sir Torre's shield instead, rode forth with Sir Lavaine towards Camelot. On the morrow the trumpets blew for the tourney, and there was a great press of dukes and earls and barons and many noble knights, and King Arthur sat in a gallery to behold who did the best. So the King of Scotland and his knights, and King Anguish of Ireland rode forth on King Arthur's side, and against them came the King of North Wales, the King of a Hundred Knights, the King of Northumberland, and the noble Prince Sir Galahad. But Sir Lancelot and Sir Living rode into a little wood behind the party which was against King Arthur, to watch which side should prove the weakest. Then was there a strong fight between the two parties, for the King of a Hundred Knights smote down the King of Scotland, and Sir Palamides, who was on King Arthur's side overthrew Sir Galahad. Then came fifteen knights of the round table and beat back the kings of Northumberland and North Wales with their knights. Now, said Sir Lancelot to Sir Lavaine, if ye will help me, ye shall see yonder fellowship go back as fast as they came. Sir, said Sir Lavaine, I will do what I can. Then they rode together into the thickest of the press, and there, with one spear, Sir Lancelot smote down five knights of the round table, one after other and Sir Lavaine overthrew two, and taking another spear, for his own was broken, Sir Lancelot smote down four more knights, and Sir Lavaine a fifth, then, drawing his sword, Sir Lancelot fought fiercely on the right hand and the left, and enhorsed Sir Sapphire, Sir Epinogris, and Sir Gowron, at that the knights of the round table withdrew themselves as well as they were able, now, mercy, said Sir Gawain, who sat by King Arthur, what knight is that who doth such marvelous deeds of arms? I should deem him by his force to be Sir Lancelot, but that he wears a lady's token on his helm as never Lancelot doth. Let him be, said King Arthur, he will be better known, and do more ere he depart. Thus the party against King Arthur prospered at this time, and his knights were sore ashamed. Then Sir Bors, Sir Ector, and Sir Lionel called together the knights of their blood, nine in number and agreed to join together in one band against the two strange knights. So they encountered Sir Lancelot all at once, and by main force smote his horse to the ground, and by misfortune Sir Bors struck Sir Lancelot through the shield into the side, and the spear broke off and left the head in the wound. When Sir Lavaine saw that, he ran to the king of Scotland and struck him off his horse, and brought it to Sir Lancelot, and helped him to mount. Then Sir Lancelot bore Sir Bors and his horse to the ground, and in like manner served Sir Ector and Sir Lionel, and turning upon three other knights he smote them down also, while Sir Lavaine did many gallant deeds. But feeling himself now sorely wounded Sir Lancelot drew his sword, and proffered to fight with Sir Bors, who, by this time, was mounted anew. And as they met, Sir Ector and Sir Lionel came also, and the swords of all three drave fiercely against him, when he felt their buffets, and his wound that was so grievous. He determined to do all his best while he could yet endure, and smote Sir Bors a blow that bent his head down nearly to the ground and raised his helmet off and pulled him from his horse. Then rushing at Sir Ector and Sir Lionel, he smote them down, and might have slain all three, but when he saw their faces his heart forbade him, leaving them. Therefore, on the field, he hurled into the thickest of the press, and did such feats of arms as never were beheld before 
and Sir Olivain was with him through it all, and overthrew ten knights, but Sir Lancelot smote down more than thirty, and most of them knights of the round table. Then the king ordered the trumpets to blow for the end of the tourney, and the prize to be given by the heralds to the knight with the white shield who bore the red sleeve. But ere Sir Lancelot was found by the heralds, came the king of the hundred knights, the king of North Wales, the king of Northumberland, and Sir Galahad, and said to him, Fair knight, God bless thee, for much have ye done this day for us, wherefore we pray ye come with us and receive the honor and the prize as ye have worshipfully deserved it. My fair lords, said Sir Lancelot, wit ye well if I have deserved thanks, I have sore bought them, for I am like never to escape with my life, therefore I pray ye let me depart, for I am sore hurt, I take no thought of honor, for I had rather arrest me than be lord of all the world, and therewith he groaned piteously, and rode a great gallop away from them, and Sir Living rode after him, sad at heart, for the broken spear still stuck fast in Sir Lancelot's side and the blood streamed sorely from the wound, and on they came near a wood more than a mile from the lists, where he knew he could be hidden. Then said he to Sir Levain, O gentle knight, help me to pull out this spearhead from my side, for the pain thereof nigh killeth me. Dear Lord, said he, I fain would help ye, but I dread to draw it forth, lest ye should die for loss of blood. I charge you as you love me, said Sir Lancelot, draw it out. So they dismounted and with a mighty wrench Sir Levain drew the spear forth from Sir Lancelot's side, whereat he gave a marvelous great shriek and ghastly groan, and all his blood leaked forth in a full stream. Then he sank swooning to the earth, with a visage pale as death. Alas! cried Sir Levain, what shall I do now? And then he turned his master's face towards the wind, and sat by him nigh half an hour while he lay quiet as one dead. But at the last he lifted up his eyes, and said, I pray ye bear me on my horse again, and lead me to a hermit who dwelleth within two miles hence, for he was formerly a knight of Arthur's court, and now hath mighty skill in medicine and herbs. So with great pain Sir Living got him to his horse, and led him to the hermitage within the wood, beside a stream, then knocked he with his spear upon the door, and prayed to enter, at that a child came out, to whom he said, Fair child! Pray the good man my master to come hither and let in a knight who is sore wounded. And on came out the knight hermit, whose name was Sir Baldwin, and asked, Who is this wounded knight? I know not, said Sir Levine, save that he is the noblest knight I ever met with, and hath done this day such marvelous deeds of arms against King Arthur that he hath won the prize of the tourney. Then the hermit gazed long on Sir Lancelot, and hardly knew him, so pale he was with bleeding. Yet said he at the last, Who art thou, Lord? Sir Lancelot answered feebly, I am a stranger knight adventurous, who laboreth through many realms to win wordership. Why hidest thou my name, dear Lord, from me? cried Sir Baldwin, for in sooth I know thee now to be the noblest knight in all the world, my lord Sir Lancelot du Lake, with whom I long had fellowship at the round table. Since ye know me, fair sir, said he, I pray ye. For Christ's sake, to help me if ye may. Doubt not, replied he, that ye shall live and fare right well. Then he staunched his wound, and gave him strong medicines and cordials till he was refreshed from his faintness and came to himself again. Now after the justing was done King Arthur held a feast, and asked to see the knight with the red sleeve that he might take the prize. So they told him how that knight had ridden from the field wounded knight to death, 
these be the worst tidings I have heard for many years, cried out the king, I would not for my kingdom he were slain, then all men asked, know ye him, Lord, I may not tell ye at this time, said he, but would to God we had good tidings of him, then Sir Gawain prayed leave to go and seek that night, which the king gladly gave him, so forthwith he mounted and rode many leagues round Camelot, but could hear no tidings, Within two days thereafter King Arthur and his knights returned from Camelot, and Sir Gawain chanced to lodge at a stolet, in the house of Sir Bernard, and there came in the fair Elaine to him, and prayed him news of the tournament, and who won the prize, a knight with a white shield, said he, who bare a red sleeve in his helm, smote down all comers and won the day, at that the visage of Elaine changed suddenly from white to red, and heartily she thanked Our Lady, then said Sir Gawain, Know ye that night? And urged her till she told him that it was her sleeve he wore. So Sir Gawain knew it was for love that she had given it, and when he heard she kept his proper shield he prayed to see it. As soon as it was brought he saw Sir Lancelot's arms thereon, and cried, Alas! Now am I heavier of heart than ever yet. Wherefore? Said fair Elaine. Fair damsel, answered he, Know ye not that the knight ye love is of all knights the noblest in the world? Sir Lancelot du Lake, with all my heart I pray ye may have joy of each other, but hardly dare I think that ye shall see him in this world again, for he is so sore wounded he may scarcely live, and is gone out of sight where none can find him. Then was Elaine nigh mad with grief and sorrow, and with piteous words she prayed her father that she might go seek Sir Lancelot and her brother. So in the end her father gave her leave, and she departed, and on the morrow came Sir Gawain to the court and told how he had found Sir Lancelot's shield in Elaine's keeping, and how it was her sleeve which he had worn, whereat all marveled, for Sir Lancelot had done for her more than he had ever done for any woman, but when Queen Guinevere heard it she was beside herself with wrath, and sending privily for Sir Bors, who sorrowed sorely that through him Sir Lancelot had been hurt, have ye now heard, said she, how falsely Sir Lancelot hath betrayed me, I beseech thee, madam, said he, speak not so, for else I may not hear thee, shall I not call him traitor, cried she, who hath worn another lady's token at the jesting, be sure he did it, madam, for no ill intent, replied Sir Bors, but that he might be better hidden, for never did he in that wise before, now shame on him, and thee who wouldest help him, cried the queen, madam, say what ye will, said he, but I must haste to seek him, and God send me soon good tidings of him. So with that he departed to find Sir Lancelot. Now Elaine had ridden with full haste from Astolet, and come to Camelot, and there she sought throughout the country for any news of Lancelot, and so it chanced that Sir Lavaine was riding near the hermitage to exercise his horse, and when she saw him she ran up and cried aloud, How doth my lord Sir Lancelot fare? Then said Sir Lavaine, marveling greatly, How know ye my lord's name? fair sister, so she told him how Sir Gawain had lodged with Sir Bernard, and knew Sir Lancelot's shield, then prayed she to see his lord forthwith, and when she came to the hermitage and found him lying there sore sick and bleeding, she swooned for sorrow, and on, as she revived, Sir Lancelot kissed her, and said, fair maid, I pray ye take comfort, for, by God's grace, I shall be shortly whole of this wound, and if ye be come to tend me, I am heartily bounden to your great kindness, yet was he sore vexed to hear Sir Gawain had discovered him, 
for he knew Queen Guinevere would be full wroth because of the red sleeve. So Elaine rested in the hermitage, and ever night and day she watched and waited on Sir Lancelot, and would let none other attend him, and as she sought him more, the more she set her love upon him, and could by no means withdraw it. Then said Sir Lancelot to Sir Lavaine, I pray thee set some to watch for the good knight Sir Bors, for as he heard me, so will he surely seek for me. Now Sir Bors by this time had come to Camelot, and was seeking for Sir Lancelot everywhere. So Sir Lavaine soon found him, and brought him to the hermitage, and when he saw Sir Lancelot pale and feeble, he wept for pity and sorrow that he had given him that grievous wound. God send thee right speedy cure, dear Lord, said he, for I am of all men most unhappy to have wounded thee, who art our leader, and the noblest knight in all the world. Fair cousin, said Sir Lancelot, be comforted, for I have but gained what I sought, and it was through pride that I was hurt. For had I warned ye of my coming it had not been, wherefore let us speak of other things. So they talked long together, and Sir Bors told him of the queen's anger. Then he asked Sir Lancelot, Was it from this maid who tendeth you so lovingly ye had the token? Yea, said Sir Lancelot, and would I could persuade her to withdraw her love from me. Why should ye do so? said Sir Bors, for she is passing fair and loving. I would to heaven ye could love her. That may not be replied he, but it repent at me in sooth to grieve her. Then they talked of other matters, and of the great jesting at all hallowtide next coming, between King Arthur and the King of North Wales. Abide with me till then, said Sir Lancelot, for by that time I trust to be all whole again, and we will go together. So Elaine daily and nightly tending him, within a month he felt so strong he deemed himself full cured. Then on a day, when Sir Bors and Sir Lavaine were from the hermitage, and the night hermit also was gone forth. Sir Lancelot prayed Elaine to bring him some herbs from the forest. When she was gone he rose and made haste to arm himself, and tried if he were whole enough to joust, and mounted on his horse, which was fresh with lack of labor for so long a time. But when he set his spear in the rest and tried his armor, the horse bounded and leapt beneath him, so that Sir Lancelot strained to keep him back, and therewith his wound, which was not wholly healed, burst forth again, and with a mighty groan he sank down swooning on the ground, at that came fair Elaine and wept and piteously moaned to see him lying so, and when Sir Bors and Sir Lavaine came back, she called them traitors to let him rise, or to know any rumor of the tournament, and on the hermit returned and was wroth to see Sir Lancelot risen, but within a while he recovered him from his swoon and staunched the wound. Then Sir Lancelot told him how he had risen of his own will to assay his strength for the tournament. But the hermit bade him rest and let Sir Bors go alone, for else would he sorely peril his life. And Elaine, with tears, prayed him in the same wise, so that Sir Lancelot in the end consented. So Sir Bors departed to the tournament, and there he did such feats of arms that the prize was given between him and Sir Gawain, who did like valiantly. And when all was over he came back and told Sir Lancelot, and found him so nigh well that he could rise and walk. And within a while thereafter he departed from the hermitage and went with Sir Bors, Sir Lavaine, and Fair Elaine to a it, where Sir Bernard joyfully received them. But after they had lodged there a few days Sir Lancelot and Sir Bors must needs depart and return to King Arthur's court. So when Elaine knew Sir Lancelot must go, she came to him and said, have mercy on me, fair knight, and let me not die for your love, 
Then said Sir Lancelot, very sad at heart, Fair maid, what would ye that I should do for you, if I may not be your wife? Dear Lord, she answered, I must die. Alas, said he, I pray heaven that may not be, for in sooth I may not be your husband, but fain would I show you what thankfulness I can for all your love and kindness to me, and ever will I be your knight, fair maiden, and if it chance that ye shall ever wed some noble knight, right heartily will I give ye such a dower as half my lands will bring. Alas, what shall that aid me? Answered she, for I must die, and therewith she fell to the earth in a deep swoon. Then was Sir Lancelot passing heavy of heart, and said to Sir Bernard and Sir Lavaine, What shall I do for her? Alas, said Sir Bernard, I know well that she will die for your sake. And Sir Lavaine said, I marvel not that she so sorely mourneth your departure, for truly I do as she doth, and since I once have seen you, Lord, I cannot leave you. So anon, with a full sorrowful heart, Sir Lancelot took his leave, and Sir Lavaine rode with him to the court, and King Arthur and the knights of the round table joyed greatly to see him whole of his wound, but Queen Guinevere was sorely wroth, and neither spake with him nor greeted him. Now when Sir Lancelot had departed, the maid of a stole it could neither eat, nor drink, not sleep for sorrow, and having thus endured ten days, she felt within herself that she must die. Then sent she for a holy man, and was shriven and received the sacrament. But when he told her she must leave her earthly thoughts, she answered, Am I not an earthly woman? What sin is it to love the noblest knight of all the world? And, by my truth, I am not able to withstand the love whereof I die, wherefore, I pray the High Father of Heaven to have mercy on my soul. Then she besought Sir Bernard to indict a letter as she should devise, and said, When I am dead put this within my hand, and dress me in my fairest clothes and lay me in a barge all covered with black samite, and steer it down the river till it reach the court. Thus, Father, I beseech thee let it be. Then, full of grief, he promised her it should be so, and anon she died, and all the household made a bitter lamentation over her. Then did they as she had desired, and laid her body, richly dressed, upon a bed within the barge, and a trusty servant steered it down the river towards the court. Now King Arthur and Queen Guinevere sat at a window of the palace, and saw the barge come floating with the tide, and marveled what was laid therein, and sent a messenger to see, who, soon returning, prayed them to come forth. When they came to the shore they marveled greatly, and the king asked of the serving men who steered the barge what this might mean, but he made signs that he was dumb, and pointed to the leper in the damsel's hands. So King Arthur took the leper from the hand of the corpse and found there unwritten, to the noble knight, Sir Lancelot du Lake. Then was Sir Lancelot sent for, and the letter read aloud by a clerk, and thus it was written, Most noble knight, my lord Sir Lancelot, now hath death forever parted us. I whom men call the maid of a stolet, set my love upon you, and have died for your sake. This is my last request, that ye pray for my soul and give me burial. Grant me this, Sir Lancelot. As thou art a peerless knight. At these words the queen and all the knights wept sore for pity. Then said Sir Lancelot, My lord, I am right heavy for the death of this fair damsel, and God knoweth that right and willingly I caused it. For she was good as she was fair, and much was I beholden to her, but she loved me beyond measure, and asked me that I could not give her. Ye might have shown her gentleness enough to save her life. Answered the queen, Madam, said he, 
she would but be repaid by my taking her to wife, and that I could not grant her, for love cometh of the heart and not by constraint, that is true, said the king, for love is free, I pray you, said Sir Lancelot, let me now grant her last asking, to be buried by me, so on the morrow, he caused her body to be buried richly and solemnly, and ordained masses for her soul, and made great sorrow over her, then the queen sent for Sir Lancelot, and prayed his pardon for her wrath against him without cause, this is not the first time it hath been so, answered he, yet must I ever bear with ye, and so do I now forgive you, so Queen Guinevere and Sir Lancelot were made friends again, but in on such favor did she show him, as in the end brought many evils on them both and all the realm, chapter xiv the war between King Arthur and Sir Lancelot and the death of King Arthur within a while thereafter was adjusting at the court, wherein Sir Lancelot won the prize, and two of those he smote down were Sir Agravine, the brother of Sir Gawain, and Sir Modard, his false brother King Arthur's son by sent, and because of his victory they hated Sir Lancelot, and sought how they might injure him, so on a night, when King Arthur was hunting in the forest, and the queen sent for Sir Lancelot to her chamber, they to espied him, and thinking now to make a scandal and a quarrel between Lancelot and the king, they found twelve others, and said Sir Lancelot was ever now in the queen's chamber, and King Arthur was dishonored, then, all armed, they came suddenly round the queen's door, and cried, Traitor, now art thou taken, madam, we be betrayed, said Sir Lancelot, yet shall my life cost these men dear, then did the queen weep sore, and dismally she cried, Alas, there is no armor here whereby ye might withstand so many, wherefore ye will be slain, and I be burnt for the dread crime they will charge on me. But while she spake the shouting of the knights was heard without, Traitor, come forth, for now thou art snared. Better were twenty deaths at once than this vile outcry, said Sir Lancelot. Then he kissed her and said, Most noble lady, I beseech ye as I have ever been your own true knight. Take courage, pray for my soul if I be now slain, and trust my faithful friends, Sir Bors and Sir Levain, to save you from the fire. But ever bitterly she wept and moaned, and cried, Would God that they would take and slay me, and that thou couldst escape. That shall never be, said he, and wrapping his mantle round his arm he unbarred the door a little space, so that but one could enter. Then first rushed in Sir Calance, a full strong knight, and lifted up his sword to smite Sir Lancelot, but lightly he avoided him, and struck Sir Calance, with his hand, such a sore buffet on the head as felt him dead upon the floor, then Sir Lancelot pulled in his body and barred the door again, and dressed himself in his armor, and took his drawn sword in his hand, but still the knights cried mightily without the door, traitor, come forth, be silent and depart, replied Sir Lancelot, for be ye sure ye will not take me, and tomorrow will I meet ye face to face before the king, ye shall have no such grace, they cried, but we will slay thee, or take thee as we list, then save yourselves who may, he thundered, and therewith suddenly unbarred the door and rushed forth at them, and at the first blow he slew Sir Agravain, and after him twelve other knights, with twelve more mighty buffets, and none of all escaped him save Sir Modard, who, sorely wounded, fled away for life, then returned he to the queen, and said, Now, madam, will I depart, and if ye be in any danger I pray ye come to me, surely will I stay here, for I am queen, she answered, 
yet if tomorrow any harm come to me I trust to thee for rescue, have ye no doubt of me, said he, for ever while I live am I your own true knight, therewith he took his leave, and went and told Sir Arbors and all his kindred of this adventure, we will be with thee in this quarrel, said they all, and if the queen be sentenced to the fire, we certainly will save her, meanwhile Sir Armadard, in great fear and pain, fled from the court, and rode until he found King Arthur, and told him all that had befallen, but the king would scarce believe him till he came and saw the bodies of Sir Agravain and all the other knights, then felt he in himself that all was true, and with his passing grief his heart nigh broke, alas, cried he, now is the fellowship of the round table forever broken, yea, woe is me, I may not with my honor spare my queen, and on it was ordained that Queen Guinevere should be burned to death, because she had dishonored King Arthur, but when Sir Gawain heard thereof, he came before the king, and said, My lord, I counsel thee be not too hasty in this matter, but stay the judgment of the queen a season, for it may well be that Sir Lancelot was in her chamber for no evil, seeing she is greatly beholden to him for so many deeds done for her sake, and peradventure she had sent to him to thank him, and did it secretly that she might avoid slander, but King Arthur answered, full of grief, alas, I may not help her, she is judged as any other woman, then he required Sir Gawain and his brethren, Sir Gaheris and Sir Gareth, to be ready to bear the queen tomorrow to the place of execution, nay, noble lord, replied Sir Gawain, that can I never do, for neither will my heart suffer me to see the queen die, nor shall men ever say I was of your counsel in this matter, then said his brothers, ye may command us to be there, but since it is against our will, we will be without arms, that we may do no battle against her, so on the morrow was Queen Guinevere led forth to die by fire, and a mighty crowd was there, of knights and nobles, armed and unarmed, and all the lords and ladies wept sore at that piteous sight, then was she shriven by a priest, and the men came nigh to bind her to the stake and light the fire, at that Sir Lancelot's spies rode hastily and told him and his kindred, who lay hidden in a wood hard by, and suddenly, with twenty knights, he rushed into the midst of all the throng to rescue her, but certain of King Arthur's knights rose up and fought with them, and there was a full great battle and confusion, and Sir Lancelot drave fiercely here and there among the press, and smote on every side, and at every blow struck down a knight, so that many were slain by him and his fellows, then was the queen set free, and caught up on Sir Lancelot's saddle and fled away with him and all his company to the castle of Lovejoy's guard. Now so it chanced that, in the turmoil of the fighting, Sir Lancelot had in a struck down and slain the two good knights Sir Gareth and Sir Gaheris, knowing it not, for he fought wildly, and saw not that they were unarmed, when King Arthur heard thereof, and of all that battle, and the rescue of the queen, he sorrowed heavily for those good knights, and was passing wroth with Lancelot and the queen, but when Sir Gawain heard of his brethren's death he swooned for sorrow and wrath, for he wist that Sir Lancelot had killed them in malice, and as soon as he recovered he ran into the king, and said, Lord King and Uncle, hear this oath which now I swear, that from this day I will not fail Sir Lancelot till one of us hath slain the other, and now, unless ye haste to war with him, that we may be avenged, will I myself alone go after him, then the king, full of wrath and grief, agreed thereto, and sent lepers throughout the realm to summon all his knights, and went with a vast army to besiege the castle of Lovejoy's guard, and Sir Lancelot, with his knights, 
mightily defended it, but never would he suffer any to go forth, 